Hey, good evening. How are you doing this Sunday night? It's the Sunday night wind down show. We had a little snow out our way. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Actually, it was beautiful at the start, and then eventually it started to grow more and more pathetic as the uh, as it got wetter and and warmer outside. And it wasn't the uh, winter wonderland snow that I needed for this. Uh, for this season, you know, I need, I always need at least one good snow. Give me one good snow and I'll be a happy camper. If I get at least one, I'm okay with that, you know, but that, that's not what happened at all. That's not what happened at all. What can I say? What can, what can you, as they say, what can you do? What can you do? Um, we missed yesterday, but we're right back on the seventh with another show. So that's six shows in seven days. I feel pretty good about that. And uh, this show came about because of uh, some details, some developments that sort of uh, came my way. And I thought to myself, huh, do I, you know, I, I, I found I found out these details, updates about Billy. I don't know if they're not they're not updates per se, just another perspective in regards to Billy Rath. Um, I did a whole video about Billy. I had a bunch of footage, just random footage of Billy. <clears throat> Billy's been gone for about 10 years now. Rest rest in peace, Billy. And I was like, what can I do with this foot? I got to do something. I got to figure out something to do with this footage because it's just, it's this weird practice footage. There's like a weird interview. I don't know. I'm, let me make a, I'll make some kind of video. And it was actually really, it was really great. I wish I had more footage like that. In fact, I do actually, I should do one about Von Elmo. As well, I think that's the next one to do a Von Elmo. I don't know if you know who Von Elmo is, but he's a nut. He is a nutty, nutty guy. Um, I don't know if that'll be as interesting as the Billy Rath one, but what? Neither here nor there. Point being, I I found a way to kind of you know tell a story around the footage and then folded the footage into the um, the video. It's called uh, the Last uh, Heartbreakers: Billy Rath in His Final Years. And it's up on YouTube, and uh, I actually have it queued up here because we're going to take a look at it in a second, just a little bit. Instead of me explaining everything to you, I figure, why not? We should just watch that, right? It would be better to watch the, the clip that I'm referring to when it's time to refer to it. But uh, here is the tiny little bit of backstory that you need before we can even watch that clip. Ready? Here's the tiny bit of backstory. So uh, I went in to a Billy asked me to, to shoot some footage, unfocused footage at a rehearsal studio for him in New York city. This was about 14 ish years ago now, almost 14 years ago. And, uh, I obliged of course, and he had his band and, uh, there seemed to be some strangeness afoot. And I discussed that in that video that I made. <laughs> so instead of me explaining it again, let's just watch that piece of the video. And that will catch us up to speed. And then from there, I will provide the uh, additional piece, the uh, the new information that came to light and explain why I decided to include it in this, that, and the other. So that's, that's how we're going to do it, okay? So to get that out, if you want to just watch the video itself, I'll, I should put a link down in the description. I'm going to put it in the, the live chat as well. If you want to just, if you've never seen this video, 
go watch the video. It's about 55 minutes long. If you're a fan of the Heartbreakers, if you want to hear some live Heartbreakers music, just like raw live Heartbreakers music, check this out because you will appreciate that. Um, even if you're, you know, just casually curious, you might find it interesting. So there's the link. I just put that. That's the video itself. Now what we're going to do is we're going to head over to uh, a specific timestamp in that video. And that is what we are going to watch now. So this is in the middle of the video here. Okay. Here we are. As you can see, these are our, the cast of characters. This is the band, the heartbreaking street pirates, as Billy was calling them. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to explain all of it, right? I'm not going to explain all of it because it's going to get explained a little bit. Let's let's, it's not necessary. But as you can see, here's, uh, this is uh, Johnny Kelly. This is uh, Steve Rao, I believe. And again, I forget the guy's name, the Hudson Duster. This is, I said it in the video too, the Hudson Duster guy. And you know what I just noticed about the Hudson, Hudson Duster guy? Uh, he's wearing two belts. Look at that. Did you notice that detail? He's wearing two belts. And as you can see, everybody looks a little strained and unhappy here. And I'm going to show you why that is in one second. Um, all right, ready? Let's let's just play this. Let's Hold on. This should, yeah, this should play. I'm not going to talk over it. Uh, here we go. All right. That's awesome. Hold on. Let me put it in picture mode and I'll actually take a picture. Nope. That's not it. Sorry. And uh, so that's what you're going to see right now is me with my camera being the fly on the wall. And the, uh, another person you're going to see in the footage, I mentioned the manager guy, right? Well, this manager guy, he was just some young kid who looked like he literally just bought a brand new leather jacket for like a thousand dollars at like, you know, H&M or something and had just gotten into punk rock in the last week, decided that he was going to manage Billy Rath. And so he was kind of there giving pay attention to this part. It's important. All this advice. And, you know, I, I have no, I never, I don't remember the guy's name. That guy was, uh, you know, he, he was kind of, he was a goober, man. He was just kind of like a goober, gooberish guy who, you know, uh, walk, he walked around. He was a young kid. He was a young, probably was 20, 21 years old, something like that. He seemed really, really young to me, maybe fresh out of college or even still in college, probably told Billy, hey, I can do all this stuff for you if you let me manage you. And Billy, being out of things for so long, was like, yeah, sure, I'll go along with that. You want, you know, you're interested in, you know, helping me. You know, I do have to interject here, though, that, this a lot of this is me pontificating i'm like i don't know that that's actually what happened i'm that was me i should have been more clear about that i should have said hey like this is what i think happened instead of just talking i just that that was you know what to be fair to be fair that was my mindset at the time when i was shooting that video that's what i'm explaining here i'm explaining what was going through my head at that time when i was shooting this video but still, I should say that I should have made mention that I don't know how accurate all that was. A lot of that was assumption based on reading the room. So there you go. He revived my career, of course. And um, and he, he just talked with, you'll hear him. You'll hear him in the tape. He just kind of talks like that, like with his like nasally voice. I don't know. He's just kind of, he, he, he kind of was, um, and he, he had an air. I remember he was not friendly at all. He was... Just, he really, I think this guy really thought a lot of himself. At least that was my perception at the time. He just sort of was just like, 
you know. So I did say that that was that was my perception at that time. So I, that's good. That's good in the very least. Like had this air about him, and um, and you'll see what happens in the footage. So here's the other thing you got to remember too when you're watching this tape. Um, the guys, this is their first rehearsal. They are extremely raw. I'm not even sure if they've ever played in a room together. This is that. This is literally the first time that they are jamming on these Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers songs. And they're talking about how they have to get some originals and they want to put out a seven inch, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But, you know, it's still really good. It's still. And, you know, I had some of these videos already on my YouTube channel, but I figured why not just show the full uncut tape? You know, people love this stuff. Billy's no longer with us. Billy passed away in 2014 from throat cancer. And I just, you know, for 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 the fans of the Heartbreakers who want to pour over Billy Rath in the same way that I like to pour over maybe Glenn Danzig, you know, have at it. Here's why why leave it on a hard drive, you know? And yeah, so so don't be too critical of them because again, they are extremely raw. It is their first time rehearsing and I'm not sure they've all played together as a cohesive unit. That's we're literally witnessing the birth and death because I don't think it happened again after this one rehearsal. So somewhere in between songs, at some point when the cacophony of noise had died down, I casually mentioned something about England and the other band members all sort of perk up and they go, what? What, what about England? You know, Billy, you didn't tell us about England. Now, you got to understand, this, this all happened 10 years ago. Billy's passed away. I don't think there's any harm in just giving you the full context of what you're seeing on the tape. And so it seems that Billy never, it was either Billy, you know, I can't put it on Billy. It might've been the kid. It was this kid, this manager guy, probably, who, um, the truth is, I maybe I could have put it on Billy. I didn't want to because Billy's dead and I don't know the kid, the guy, whatever his name is. And I don't know, you know, it could have been either way. Who knows? Didn't tell, they they didn't tell the band, or maybe he said to Billy, don't tell these other guys. We'll get other guys, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, and maybe what these other guys didn't realize is, or maybe what this kid was whispering in these guys' ear is that, you know, it's going to cost us a lot of money to bring all these guys over. It's better just to get guys over there. You know, you'll have a band here. You'll have a band over there. You can kind of, you know, everybody can be a Billy Rath street pirate if they want to. They were going to be called the Heartbreaking Street Pirates. Billy Rath's Heartbreaking Street Pirates. That was the first incarnation of what this was. And there were later versions of Billy Rath's Street Pirates or just the Street Pirates. I think it worked. They had a gimmick. They kind of dressed like pirates. <laughs> you know, the one of the later guitarists and one of the later versions, he had like this. He really looked like a pirate. He looks like like straight out of, um, you know, Peter Pan, you know, Captain James T. Hook's crew. In any case, I make mention of England. The other guys are scratching their heads and you see the kid and Billy. They're kind of like shit in a brick. They're kind of like like very nervously trying to explain something. That's true. What No matter what we're about to cover after we watch this, that is, I mean, that's true, man. The, the kid was nervous and Bill, they were nervous. They were totally nervous. And what we really should do is we should have Johnny Kelly come on 
the show and have him straighten this out as well. And Johnny and I, I mean, he's, he previously messaged me about possibly doing that. That's what, that's probably what would be the next step here. And at some point, I'm not sure if I did this on purpose or I did it by accident, but I started rolling the tape. So I actually got part of the conversation on tape. I completely forgot that this was recorded. And it's just like a total revelation to me. I was like, holy crap. Like, I didn't even realize that I was rolling on this. The kid is like trying to like, sort of like. Yeah, yeah when I was editing this, it's true. I, I totally had forgotten that I had been rolling on that. I think I did roll on purpose, but um, I, yeah, I had completely forgotten exist. It was like rediscovered, which was fun. Minimize and rationalize why they're going to England or, you know, I don't know, some sort of clandestine. It was very sketchy. And the other guys in the band, you can see, I felt, I felt it in the room that day, and I felt it when I was watching the tape. You can tell they're they're already like, what, you know, what the hell? Like, this is kind of like, this is, we weren't expecting this. We thought we were going to be a band, you know? And they're talking about how, how they should split up songwriting stuff, and I don't know. Additionally, you can hear me kind of singing along in the background. It was so loud in there. My ears were blown out. You can hear me singing, I can't hear it, when they're doing Born to Lose. You know, Born to Lose, I can't hear it. I don't even know if those are the lyrics. But, you know, I was doing that part while, the, while Joey Kelly was singing, Born to Lose. I can't tell if he was getting annoyed with the fact that I was doing that or not. But I, you know, as a casual Heartbreakers fan, hearing Billy Rath play play this song, I was just... I was into it. I was enjoying it. So, you know, I was sort of singing along to that. And I think I was singing along to Pirate Love. And you you might be able to hear me singing a little bit um, uh, on the tape. We work around everyone's schedule, but it's got to be, it can't be just once a week. Yeah, I mean, to do it's these... It's got to be at least three times a week. To do these gigs in the summer, we need to at least have two originals to, to, to tour off of and just to present. Because without having any different you show, right? you know, yeah. obviously... You're doing that right? We can do that. Do you have originals in mind, Billy? And then once we do those three or four nights a week, then we go in the studio and record, yeah. and then we go and start doing some gigs. Some unpublicized gigs at first, so just to tighten the band up in front of a lot. You know, I got to hand it to Billy. He really, you know, I said it in the later in the thing, he really did, he had, he's such an optimistic guy. He really, like, this was, I mean, these were his final years. He, you know, he was two years away from death, three years away from death at this point. And he was just so determined. He just, he had it all planned out. And he, he you know, in this, at this moment, he seemed like he really had it together just for a split second, you know? Like, he really could have gone the distance in some way, shape, or form. I, I really did, I always have, I always admired that optimism. I think that's beautiful you know, no matter what, no matter what life, no matter where you are at life, no matter what life has in store with you, as long as you have that kind of optimism, in a way you'll be okay. Everything will be okay. So I think that's kind of beautiful, beautiful thing to, to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as of now, um, those, you, you emailed me some- um, So those London dates are for you, they're not for us. Unless of course we can come up Oh yeah, what I'm reading is, yeah. he'll go over with Clem, he'll play with Clem. Uh, if we were to have five original songs on top of the Heartbreaker songs ready to go by October, you would consider yeah, taking the band? Yeah, we can extend it. Who, who, who would pay for July? Oh, it would, be, it would all be paid for. As far but as... It's still a year to a month. But I mean, I... 
this, see this, you know, so now let me say this kid right here, this guy, this man, this person, he responded to the video after uh, 13 years, 13 years gone uh, from when we shot this and an additional, I made this video about three years ago. Um, this guy, <laughs> the guy in the video, he actually responded and he details, he details his whole side of the story. And so I thought like, I was like, I can't like, I, I was like, I don't want to make a whole other video, like an edited video about this, but I was like, man, maybe I could do a live stream and read his comment. Cause I kind of feel like whether no matter what that's his, this is his POV, his perspective. And, um, it's told very politically and sort of democratically and whatnot. And from a mature place that I kind of wish that I had better had when I made that video in 2021, because I really kind of let this kid have it. Like I just, you know, between the jacket and his voice and I just, I was not very nice. And so for that, I'm sorry. That was rude. I was, I was a rude person. Um, but it's interesting now, again, watching re after reading what he said, and we're going to read it. We're going to read it after reading what he said to now again, hear this doesn't something's not something still doesn't jive fly the whole band. You're going to fly these three guys over. If they have five extra originals, come on, come on, man. Who has the money? That's thousands and thousands of dollars for Billy Rath of the heartbreakers. If it was Walter lure, maybe, but like, you know, Billy was again, Billy was being held together by scotch tape, man. You know, I don't know. I don't know. So that's why I was saying the stuff that I said about, you know, economically, all you need is Billy Rath and then you fly over Billy and you, you have some players ready to go as Jerome here. Jerome says that he played with Billy in London in 2011 for the gigs that, that this other dude is referring to along with Steve Dior. By the way, I think I said Steve, Steve Rao. I think it's Johnny Rao, Johnny Rao, Steve Dior. I, I messed that up, but, but do you know what I'm saying? So he's talking about how, well, let's keep listening. I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what the offers are yet because unless right. we have something to show as far as originals, obviously the money is going to change. But what could possibly I, I think that is, uh, listen again, uh, to the guy who who responded the rebuttal that we're going to read we're going to read a rebuttal guys um I, I i call bullshit man i call bullshit the offers are going to change based on how many originals you have from billy rath from the fucking street pirates come on dude Every, they want to hear him do heartbreaker songs how does that affect the guarantee that doesn't affect the guarantee that's where i'm kind of like mm, this kind of smells a little bit this kind of smells happen if we're ready to go is when I finish those few dates, you guys fly over and we start a European tour for us. Yeah, I mean, it, it would start right after. I mean, you guys could even come earlier and do a gig or two, part of that anniversary tour, or you can just come over, you know, the first week in November. I This is so, this is makes me so uncomfortable to watch this. I don't know how, I must have filmed this because I was so uncomfortable. Like, I'm just sitting there, fly on the wall for this conversation. This was very, for me, this was uncomfortable. See, we can hit France and Madrid I and mean, all those places outside of this. I mean, there's offers there for the Street Pirates. Oh, crap. Stupid ads. 
friggin all right hold on one second let's get this ad out of the way so i mean even just watching this and after reading what we got to read what we got to read what the, the this guy said so like i said i got a i got a response i got a comment from from this dude this dude left a comment man i was i could not believe that it was the guy in the video i was shocked let's just finish this part is almost over and then we'll we'll Right after, I mean, you guys could even come earlier and do a gig or two, part of that anniversary tour, or you can just come over, you know, the first week in November. See, we can hit France and Madrid I mean, and all those places outside of this. I mean, there's offers you. there for the Street Pirates as it sits, but if we had originals, it would make a lot more sense. So, so everybody... that's where you come in. Yeah. And that's where I need to talk to you. Yeah. Because when it comes to originals, we we all have originals. I don't know where you're at with that. I don't know what you plan to do about that. That is to say, were you planning on writing some fresh ones right off the cuff? I got to tell you, Johnny right here, who who has such a sourpuss face. And again, I talked previously. See, he just, he was very standoffish that day to begin with. But like, I'm watching it now. Like, look at the sourpuss. Look at the sourpuss face he has during this he's so annoyed they're so annoyed all of them are annoyed but he's so annoyed um billy jerome says billy wasn't in great shape when he got here compared to your film we didn't even rehearse we just went and did the shows yikes sounded like it went downhill i you know it sounds like like there might have been substances involved as it's important let me look come on let me, let me finish this the three of us, four of us, whatever. You was John right. That's right. Or, that's true. Well, that's true. And I'm going down the road. What the Heartbreakers did to solve a lot of that issue was we signed a publishing deal and everybody got 20%. So it doesn't matter who likes it. Well, you got, the thing is to get them organically down first. Whoever yeah, but I'm them. saying now, this way, get when it home. comes to choosing songs, nobody feels like, well, Man, I'm not getting royalties. You know, I got to tell you, though, like there is absolutely something to there's absolutely something to that, though. Splitting it like that, you know, uh, especially in a situation like this. Well, I don't know about this, but I mean, just in general, that's how you that's that's good for a band's health. When everybody has an equal share and everybody just does does, uh, you know, does the the thing. Yeah, Jerome here says he looks healthier in your film for sure. The gigs had about a hundred to a hundred and fifty attendees max. So there is no amount of money that when this guy says that the rest of the band could fly over if they had some extra originals, there's no amount of money from a gig that where there's a hundred to 150 people in attendance that is going to cover three transatlantic flights for a, a band when there's already a band playing right there's already a band waiting in england as these guys kind of found out in the in these gigs again all of this was my fault and it wasn't done maliciously i just thought that everybody knew already i thought it was on the same page i learned my lesson real quick but it just i don't know just very very profound but but billy Billy is cornered here and he's doing a real good job of just trying to explain his way out of this debacle that I have put him in accidentally. And mind you, Billy never, 
Billy was never upset with me over this, at least not to my face or anything. And I saw him a, a handful of times afterwards and it was always warm and friendly and things were nice. So I don't know, but I never saw this guy again. The manager guy never saw him again. None of that shit. Fuck that. Just get them done. Who yeah, but it happened. I would sign 20% of like a New York City girl. Or, uh, so, I mean, everybody me. gets 20% no matter what. That depends how quick you want to get the ball rolling. We want anything. We just want you to write one or two songs, two or three. Forget all yeah, that. But it might not fit. It might not fit. As far as getting into dance so for a record or something like that, I mean, that that's far down the line. Yeah, we just need to have a song or two to do Physically write that. Where is the I mean, again, I, I'm sorry. This guy's just spewing such bullshit, man. Like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, listen, I'm not in the business. This guy claims he's in the business, but like, that's come on for this at this time in, in the year 2011, Billy Rath, come on, come on, advance. Like it, it just, come on. You need original before you get the advance. The have a few so he's songs. talking to Sola too. He's talking to Sony, too. That's a lot. That's, yeah, that's, that's, we just need... It just sounds like all... This just all sounds like bullshit, man, to be honest. All of this. Like, the, the logic here just doesn't just doesn't really connect. Something to physically show people that... Because right now, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of talk about it, but without actually hearing anything yeah, yeah. or seeing the faces, new. it's just like... No, no one wants to hear anything new, unfortunately. Everybody wants to hear you play the Heartbreaker songs with a with a band and this was a great band to do so with they were a tight band they were good they had good chemistry like i said if you watch this full video you'll hear the full video okay you'll hear it but like they they had they had good chemistry man but nobody wants to hear an original album i'm sorry they don't like i'm sure it would have been great and i'm sure maybe you could have you know increased your set time and all this but they want to hear the heartbreaker songs I'm sorry. They want to hear the Heartbreaker songs. Yeah, and I, I don't want it to be a Heartbreakers tribute either. People want to see a new band. Nobody wants to see a new band. I'm sorry. They want to see a Heartbreakers band. And this would have absolutely filled a hole in the market that only Walter Lure at that time was occasionally like servicing when he would just do the occasional Waldo show. Right, it was just Walter. He'd do Heartbreaker sets. People loved it. It was great. That's all they wanted to hear. They just wanted to hear the songs. Walter loved it. it. Was like it was like dusting off his hat and his tie from and his vest from the olden days, and he just got up do his thing for a night or two. So, uh, yeah. And the set, was, yeah, uh, set yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, obviously we played it. The Heartbreakers for the be a Heartbreakers reunion. Right, exactly. We only got one. Wow. Right. Fair enough. We never saw this as a Heartbreakers reunion. Yeah. Billy has always. I, I just want to say these were all incredibly talented musicians. Joey Kelly, Johnny Rao, the Hudson Dusters guy, great musicians. Perfectly. Their originals are probably great. I'm just saying the notion, the iteration, the idea of this project, it just never. See, even back then, even when I made this video in 2021, and even when listening to this now, that seemed like such a uh, uh, such a weird place to come from when it came to this. You know, if you wanted to build, building on the platform of, hey, we are doing that Heartbreaker set that everybody wants to hear live and then expanding from there. Here's an original here. Here's an original. Fine. That makes sense. 
but this notion that this guy is kind of spinning of like, well, people want an original band with originals. And if you guys can get that together, well, we're going to go over here and do a heartbreaker set. And because there's an offer to do it and who knows what that offer was, it was probably, I would imagine, again, speculating, speculating, probably flights and a guarantee. Who know what could the guarantee, how much could the guarantee really have been? In all honesty, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, the real guarantee money, I would imagine. And again, I'm, I'm speculating. I would imagine that the money really came from Walter Lure and Billy Rath playing together. And as this guy says in his thing, and it's true. Well, even during the Max's Kansas City reunion, Peter Crowley told me this. A lot of people told me this. There was a lot of apprehension. Uh, uh, Walter, now that he's passed away, I feel like it's okay to say this. Well, Walter did not want to play with Billy, really. He didn't really want to. Like, he reluctantly did it. He did. He reluctantly did it. So the idea that they're going over there while Walter was doing some shows, Walter was doing some shows over there, it just adds to the idea of, like, they're trying to, to, to put a, a square peg in a round hole or something, or a round square, whatever that is, whatever. Uh, circular peg and around in a square, whatever. I'm just going to shut up. Told me from the beginning, which has been a few months now, that, uh, you know, that'll be a springboard for us. He is interested in doing something totally different than Walter wants to do. He wants to go out, he wants to write, he wants to record, he wants to tour. I get that. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's an honor to play with him, of course, but I'm not going to fucking be in a Heartbreakers tribute Exactly. Band. We're going to be a band. We're and and that's why I was interested in working with him, because I don't want to work with a tribute either. You know? So. Dude, you got to admit, the guy who wrote me, the guy who wrote me on the thing, the whatever, on the comment, you have to admit, come on, man. Come on. You're not sweating bullets here. You're not spewing shit here. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'll admit, listen, I'm sorry about the jacket. I'm sorry I made I, I made a little too much fun. I was rude. I was rude, and I apologize, and that was not nice. But this is bullshit. This is a little bullshit. I hear that. A lot of that's going to have to come from Billy. So okay. I know what to do. Where, how did it come out? All right. Now they're, get, they're getting into the music. Okay, that's really what I wanted to show you. Um, it's on the uh, – Patrick, it's on the video. It's on the video. Go Go watch the original video. Yeah, Jerome says I never got paid either. Well, not in money, wink. There you go. There, there it is. All right. Before we move on, let's just take a minute to talk about riotstickers.com because Riot Stickers is the uh sponsor of the From His channel. These are weatherproof vinyl stickers. Uh you could get sorry, that's the seltzer talking. You can get um 200 die cut stickers for $69 at riotstickers.com backslash from us that's f-r-u-m-e-s-s -S. link is down in the description below and uh yeah man i mean you can't get a better deal die cut stickers are stickers that are cut with a computer guided scalpel which allows the stickers to be in whatever shape you want so if you like stickers in a shape that's not sticker shape like you know round square rectangle you want something a little bit more kinky you don't want something so vanilla you got to use Riot stickers, special from us deal. 200 stickers for $69. Those are die cut stickers. Let's watch the, the Riot stickers theme song, and we will dive into the second part of the show. We make stickers, banners, 
And that's a promise. And that's a promise. Hey, Patrick, I just checked. The studio they are in is Smash Studios. We were right in uh uh right near Times Square, like a uh, midtown, midtown Manhattan, basically. Um the the song, I think the song was written. The song is sung by the guy from Less Than Jake. I think he was written by him as well. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's Smash Studios. I don't know if it was, I don't remember, man. It was a long time ago. All right, here's the comment that that's that that uh motivated this entire video. Okay. This entire video was mo motivated by this comment from Pollyanna 147. Now, who is Pollyanna? one four seven um i don't really know but it looks like it was made by this is what's interesting so the person revealed so the person yes that's more correct okay yeah that sounds about right because i came in one thing i remember i drove in on the west side for sure for sure so it, it was smash studios um all right so this is the person who made this is the account that made the comment scott myers Six subscribers, four videos. This account, it's so it seems like it's from a dummy account. It's it's from an anonymous account or something. The original comment um was sent to all the comments I get are sent to me via email. And so I know I know the name of the person, and I guess they've decided they'd rather be anonymous. I mean, they're not so anonymous because their face is on the video, but out of respect for the fact that they edited the comment, I will not read the original comment nor their name. We'll just call him the kid and uh, or we'll call him the manager guy. How about that? And uh, yeah, let's see what the manager guy in the video has to say. I thought this was amazing. I was so glad that he wrote this because I never knew what his POV was on this whole thing. And like I said, I did have made a lot of assumptions. And so I only think it's right to read his read his comments and his words. So. This is what he says. This is the person from the video. I can give you a timeline. Thank you for the kind words. I think he says, thank you for the kind words. It's sarcastic. That's meant to be sarcastically, which totally, totally can respect that if, if so. And uh, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. I was touring and working in music for eight years before I met Billy and continue to today. I was 23. So he's been touring and working in music since he was 15 years old. He was 23 in that video from 2011. So he was a kid young in his 20s. I don't know how old his leather jacket was. Maybe it was, it looked brand spanking new to me and it looked like he spent $1,000 on it, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Um, all I wanted to do was help him out and was going off the plan that he wanted to execute and relay to his quote unquote band his wishes. So this is where I, I, I think I wonder if the dude like, this is what he says, and we're going to read what he says, but alternatively, what also, it felt like almost like he was just really thirsty to work with a heartbreaker, as any fucking guy would be trying to get into the business, trying to get some, you know, uh, experience under their belt and do this thing, although he says he's been doing this for eight years and whatnot. So I, I can imagine that there's, you know, like everything, like every point of view, there is there are, are shades, there are shades of truth, right? There are shades of truth or there's, there's a, there's a weighted perspective. How about that? And I would call this, I would qualify this, especially after the video that we just watched. 
I would call this a weighted perspective in his favor. All he wanted to do was help him out and was going off the plan. So it was Billy's plan that he wanted to execute and relay to his band, his wishes. I didn't sense any animosity with you. I never said there was animosity. I said that he was just, you know, kind of, uh, what's going to call it? Uh, uh, standoffish. He was standoffish. That's not animosity, but there was animosity in that room, not animosity, but strain, awkward, awkward strain. So, you know, he claims he didn't sense that out of animosity. It was there. And you can see it on his face um, when you were in the room. But I guess it creates a narrative for this video, as he says. No, no, no. there's that. That's not creating a narrative. for. Just watch the video. We just watched the video. That's why I wanted to watch the video before we before we read his comment, because it's I think it's kind of unquestionable when you look at everybody's look on the face, when you know the context behind the video clip, what I told you, the information I told you, because that that's what happened. That's what happened. That's not that was not inferred. That was not uh, conjecture. That was that's what happened. I accidentally said too much and everybody was kind of like, what? And then I started rolling the camera. So the, the initial shock, the initial moment was not was not seen what what does that mean chalk uh patrick what does chalkboard strain mean i'm not familiar with that term i don't know you got to explain that better um he says he says i didn't sense any animosity with you when we were in that room but i guess it creates a narrative for this video it's all good fine it's all good maybe you can sense a theme as the story plays out that i won't touch out of respect that i okay fine fine let's hear what he has to say I met Billy when he contacted me on Facebook about a club I owned in New England near where he was staying at the time. He was extreme. This must have been after he broke up with his wife because he was, as I said, he was living in New Jersey, South Jersey. I, I, I explained in the beginning of the video, got to watch the video. And then he must have moved. He was originally from Boston, the Boston area. So this is, he must have been back up there because he's saying he was staying up there at the time. He was extremely enthusiastic about playing as many shows as possible and needed help putting together a band and getting the ball rolling. I was working at NYC at a label and a management company. And we set up this rehearsal that you filmed to talk about future plans. So it does sort of track 23 year old working at a label and management company and seeing an opportunity to manage uh billy wrath of the heartbreakers that's pretty good that's pretty good cred so you know that tracks that makes sense he says as a huge heartbreakers collector and fan i wanted to do this as much as i could after meeting him at the first max's reunion so i guess he was at the Ma that max's reunion that i helped assist peter crowley with which is interesting Okay, thank you, Patrick. It means a play on an awkward strain. Got it, got it, got it. Chalkboard, like chalk, like nails on a chalkboard. I get it. Uh, so he was at that. He must have been at where. Where uh, I wonder if he, he means that 2010 uh, Delaney Delaney Place um, reunion that 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 had taken place, which that's where I had filmed the video of Walter and and Billy together. I was working. Uh, he says I was working at the Bowery Electric simply as a fan. Okay, if it was at the Bowery, Bowery Electric, that was actually the second one that was done in 2012. But that doesn't line up because that was after. That was with a different heart. So he must have just come over there because Peter did do one at 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 the Bowery Electric, but that was that was two years later. So hmm, 
just trying to think about this. I guess he means he was at the Delancey. The Delancey, that was the name of it. He was at the Delancey, but he was working at the Bowery Electric at the time. Simply as a fan, Billy talked up this lineup as well as new material that he had written and expressed that he was 100% re uh, ready to record and play shows with the lineup he put together. And I had, had conversations with everyone. Oh, shit. What did I just do? No, I don't know what I just did. Whoops. Um. Billy talked up this lineup as well as new material he had written and expressed that he was 100% ready to record and play shows with the lineup he put together. And I had conversations with everyone involved for weeks leading up to the meetup. So that was that meetup. And I will say, look, Billy was a go-getter. Billy definitely knew how to hustle and he still had a little hustle left in him after all that time. It was Billy who reached out to me, not the not this not this manager guy. Billy was the one who reached out to me and said, "Hey, grab your camera. I want you to record this for whatever reason." So, you know, there 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 there's definitely something there. And Joe Truck and I when we were at Billy's house down in South Jersey, we heard Billy's original material that he was working on that was very sparse, which is like bass and drums. I talked about that as well. Um so you know, there, there is, there is something there to that the talk about the seven inch in the rehearsals, because we signed a deal to do a split with another legacy band because Billy promised that he had a new song ready and we had a deadline. Hence my enthusiasm to get everyone on the same page as did the label who have put out tons of Johnny thunders and the heartbreakers live albums and comps in the past. Could it have been jungle records? I wonder. Unfortunately, things didn't work out when we had the recording session in Hoboken. So did that lineup end up having a recording? I guess not because it was Alan Vega's drummer, Sisu Coleman, flew over to track drums as well as be in this original rehearsal lineup. So, okay, so the Hudson Duster guy got 86. Then I really, we got to talk to Johnny Kelly. I want to hear, now I want to hear Johnny Kelly's version of the story. Because um, this is this is all this is all very interesting and confusing and I don't know. Um, unfortunately, every things didn't work out that way at the label, huh? So they had a deal coming up, but that's not really what it sort of sounded like in that footage, though. You know, um, they were kind of well, they were focused on the one song, right? That's what he said. He said he was focused on the one song. But what's interesting though is how they're trying to get everybody on the same page, but you're claiming you, you're trying to get everybody on the same page. See, hence my enthusiasm to get everyone on the same page, but neglected to tell this brand new band that Billy was going over to do some dates solo without a band. There's that's some, that's weird. That's a little subterfuge. -y, don't you think? Um, in any case, as well as be so Susu Sisu, Sisu Coleman flew over to track drums as well as being the original rehearsal lineup. That's a whole other story for him to tell or Joey Kelly. So we really, we got to, we got to call up. I'm ready to call up Joey Kelly, Joey. It's time we spoke. We got to talk. The only thing that came out of that session is a partial cover of Boney Maroney that, uh, that Billy's different lineups played live. Um, the rehearsal lineup played the Brighton bar in Bradley beach. And addiction and money issues caused it to fall apart that night. I wonder if that is in relation to Billy. Um, Jerome here, who played in England in the, during the England show, says Billy definitely knew he wasn't long for this earth. And I'm sure 
he figured these shows would be his farewell. That's really sad to hear. That makes me really sad to hear. And it's as this guy is saying, he's saying that Billy uh, looks very, was very different from the way that he looked in my video. Um, I don't know if Billy was sober later on, but he was definitely sober. He seemed very sober. He seemed sober when I first met him down in South Jersey. He was sober during the Max's Kansas City reunions. But, you know, was he sober here? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that's really sad. That's sad to 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 hear that. Um, we had other bows, we had other shows booked at the time with that lineup, Connecticut, Long Island, and a few others that were spoken about at the rehearsal, but never happened. Billy had an amazing spirits, but I think the cart was put before the horse with the entire project, hence the tension when everyone just showed up in that room. Except, except, you know, I, I think you're not you're not acknowledging the fact that Billy had two things going on and you didn't tell his band that was coming in there to do material. They they were they were surprised that that there were other gigs because they were talking about going out and gigging and doing stuff. You you can hear there's two different things that are going on in, in that in that conversation. Um the act of getting that rehearsal together in the first place was a giant ordeal. I could imagine. Uh, let alone additional ones. All these guys were wonderful, and it was great seeing Johnny and Joey many times after that. When Billy moved up to Hull, Mass, he put together his new Street Pirates. I think that was the one with the with the guy that looked like he was at a Captain Hook's band and played at the C-Note in the Hull many times. Jack, Will, Kevin, and others in the comments can elaborate more about when Billy was staying in Mass in that saga. Okay, so that was a whole saga. He came down to Providence one night before a show we had in Hartford, Connecticut, and got a Street Pirates tattoo on his hand from TJ McInnes. That's cool. His band ended up dropping out, but he still went to the show and hung out with fans. That's also cool. I mean, Billy, man, Billy really did. He had a lot of heart, man. He did. He had a he had a lot of heart, and he had a like a good heart. It just I don't know. Um, a variation of the whole lineup also came down and did the local two sixty nine show a birthday show for Lady Bree Presents. It was fun, and I remember talking to you again about their filming. Okay, that I don't remember. This guy remembers talking. I did come, and I did film that show, and I think Joy Ryder was there, too. I don't remember talking to that guy, though. I never spoke to him again. I, don't, I didn't. Around this time, Billy expressed that he wanted to tour Europe, and I got a hold of a promoter who put together the idea of having him do a Heartbreaker set with Steve Dior on guitar. The Sex Pistols experience were headlining the shows and Steve and Billy would use the, them as the backline musicians so Billy could fly over solo and travel with them. I think this is what those gigs were meant to be. That's what those gigs were. Billy knew of Steve from when Steve was playing with Jerry Nolan, but I don't think they ever played together or possibly ever met before. Billy's UK shows overlapped when Walter was out on his own tour and Billy wanted to do some song shows potentially with Walter. But as we know, Walter, <laughs> we were supposed to have the first show with Walter at all Asian Boston earlier this year. So they could connect, but it was canceled. But mind you, they had already connected. They had reunited in 2010 at the Delancey for the Max's Kansas city thing. They'd already done it. That was the first time that they had done it in, in quite po in nearly it's possibly since the eighties. That was the first time that they had played together. 
I believe his son was going to come down from somewhere up there. Walter, see, here it is. Walter was very apprehensive, but they ended up linking up and playing some songs together in the UK. But I knew, I knew from other people that Walter, I mean, this was, uh, this was kind of a thing. This was a known thing. Billy ended up staying a few weeks longer in the UK and I believe played a few other times around town before coming back to the States. The last time I hang out, hung out with Billy and saw him play when he was in California for a Long Beach show before he got sick. He was a great friend, always optimistic and ready to play. One of the one of these days, I will upload some footage from the different lines. I think that's nice. That's a good idea. The last time I talked to him was 8-14-2014. Wow, that was the day that I started shooting my first feature film, Romeo's Distress, for about an hour. And he still wanted to keep getting shows booked, and we made plans. I think he passed two nights later. Well, listen, I do appreciate, I really do appreciate the comment. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, like I said, I feel kind of, I feel, I really appreciate all this information and that he took the time to sit and leave this comment. I thought it was very thoughtful. It was a very thoughtful thing to do. Uh, like I said, it still seemed kind of sketchy in the, the video, the video in the video, it's kind of sketchy. I'm sorry. It's still kind of sketchy, but I feel bad for calling you a goober and making fun of you. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel I, I just had an immense regret after this guy left this long thing because I thought it was really thoughtful that he that he took the time to sit and do this and you know sort of you know anybody else might you know be a I don't know I, I but and like I said I respected his anonymity and his privacy <laughs> well not really because he's in the fucking video but like that he he told me what his name was i knew his name and whatnot but i i'm not gonna he doesn't if he wanted to leave his name he would have left his name he doesn't want to leave his name i'm not gonna do that um yeah the other guitarist at the boston music rooms was part of the sex pistol experience it just the, the, the point here is look look i mean this is a this is here's the time he lays out a, a, a very good timeline it seems like it's a little weighted in its bias I, I really want to hear John, what Johnny Kelly has to say about all ooh, New York dolls live upstairs at Max Kansas city. I wonder if that's video. Well, I feel like I have seen that actually. All right. Well, we'll look at that in a minute. Um, in any case, thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks manager guy. We, we, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank I, I made this video. I went to the trouble to make this video so that you could have a rebuttal slash, um, uh, a moment to sort of reflect with your statement, even if I added my own on top of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's really it. We, I don't think we can really talk too much more about the stuff until we, we, we really need to talk to, uh, to Johnny Kelly. So maybe well, I'll see if I can get him on the horn. Um, see if that makes any, makes any sense to do so. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Like always make sure you, subscribe and like and this then the other um peace air grease we will uh we'll see you next time red knight going down 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 red knight going down 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 <laughs>